Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... I am Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. And tonight we are talking about HBO's new science fiction drama, whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, Raised by Wolves. HBO uh, Maxes. It's not on HBO. Oh, that's right. We have to be very specific with our wording there. Uh, created by Aaron Guzikowski, starring Amanda Collin, Abu Bakr Salim, Winter McGrath, and Naeem Elgar, and Travis Fimmel. The show aired in September 3rd, 2020. And uh, I guess it got renewed for a second season, right? Yes. Yes, we will be in seeing... September. We will be seeing more of this. Um, fortunately or unfortunately... We'll find out. Um, yeah. Uh, also, it was an executive produced by Ridley Scott. Hooray. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, we'll I was into, honestly... Sorry, what, go ahead. I was going to say, we'll get into how Ridley Scott this thing really is. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was honestly surprised it wasn't created by him. This mm-hmm. is very... Aside from the, the the blood milk that we'll talk about, or milk blood, um, this is a very Ridley Scott. It, it it makes sense why he was drawn to it. It's a very Ridley Scott series, and we're gonna talk about why that's bad. <laughs> why that's very bad. Uh, well, Ben, tell us what this story is about. I'll do my best if Colin. you can. <laughs> All right, I got a good one for you here. Worked really hard on it. <clears throat> a pair of androids sent away from a dying Earth with 12 frozen embryos on board a tasked with restarting the human race atheistically on a new planet before the theistic Mithraic government arrives with their own armies human survivors. But what neither side knows is that Kepler-22b holds a dark history that will make their missions even harder than they first seem. It's Raised by Wolves! <laughs> what, what did, was it Miller who said something? It's about the wolves we made along the way or something? Or, oh, <laughs> dead. The real, the real wolves were the ones we raised along the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, Which that should have so- been the tagline of that fucking show. <laughs> So, are we dipping straight into spoiler territory, or do we want to work up to it? Oh, just throw this. I just, was gonna just, say, just slide her into the hole, Bill. We can't You're... tell people why it's terrible without getting into spoilers. So that's true. Well, anyway, so first question is okay. One, okay. I I I, I looked at the timelines. This is not in the alien universe. This is not in the alien universe. So sure. the fact the fact that I'm going to go straight into it guys. The fact that androids have milk blood. They are filled with milk. They are sacks of milk with consciousness. Consciousness. The fact that that exists is literally because Ridley Scott said this is a deal breaker. That I have to imagine, right? <laughs> I have to imagine that uh what's his name? Hang on, sorry. I have my stuff up. Uh, Aaron Guzikowski was like, I have this great idea, and Ridley, I want you on. And Ridley's like, on one condition. 
one condition. <laughs> Everything, all the androids have milk. Did you say androids? <laughs> Aaron? I, and, like, the thing is, like, I, but I don't know, though, because... <laughs> wait, wait a second. Oh, okay. I uh, clicked on Aaron Guzikowski's IMDb, and, like, the first thing I see is from Alien with, uh, with Ian Malcolm's uh, fucking milk blood silver head, um, sl- severed head and milk blood everywhere i i i don't like in alien it's not specifically milk right no it's not and it never is i just it looks like milk so i'm just it going. never is until now no it's, it, it's definitely milk in this it's it's supposed to just be a silicon based lubricant for the androids right they call it um what do they call fuel blood or blood fuel whatever they call Mm, it she says milk often oh (sighs) mother mother calls it milk uh specifically the the one thing i do remember when she called it milk is because this is the freshest in my mind is when the (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) the giant (laughs) serpent baby uh was suckling on her skin she says that it is feeding on my milk, but when it grow when I when it drains me of or no, she says when it drains me of my milk, it will thirst for blood. And I think that sums up the entire series. Pack it up, go home, you don't need to watch it. <laughs> the whole the whole Travis Femel part, just just throw that out. Just toss that out. Just milk uh, blood. I just found an article by a Mashable that says Raised by Wolves and Ridley Scott's milk obsession explained. <laughs> I don't even yeah, want to read I just, you, I'm just so con- confused. I'm so confused because literally it's Ridley Scott being like, milk, you know, milk. you know, the guy. Okay, let's just be honest. I'm going to level with you guys. The guy has a milk kink. Okay, he has a milk kink. I'm not going to kink shame him, you know. <laughs> He's definitely got something going on. ASMR milk blood. And it dates That's... all the way back to 1979 with Ian Holm just being drenched in milk. <laughs> like, why Why does it have to be red? Could it be a different color? And that's when he was awakened. That was... scene in The Boys <laughs> Season 1 Wait, was... where Homelander is is sucking on that one chick's what? Ben pointed something, or Ben, Bill pointed something out. 1979, Ian Holm being drenched in milk was uh, Ridley Scott's sexual awakening. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. That was his sexual awakening when he was just like, this is it. Like, this is this is what man was made for. <laughs> this is what gets That's me what hard. <laughs> when Homelander was sucking on Stillwell's titties and, and getting some of that sweet, sweet breast milk, he, mm. Ridley Scott was like, this is my shit. This is this, this is, is this is what I love. See the you show. Know? See the show that gets Ridley Scott all happy. All happy <laughs> when Homelander <laughs> sticks his tongue into a glass of milk. I, um, Ridley, what did you like most about the boys? Uh, the milk. The milk. It was the milk. Nothing Obvious. else. Just the milk. Thank you, Ridley. Moving on. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into more um, more milk analogies that we can get oh, into. God. You have a ton, Bill. You spoiled them in the say, group chat. No, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, we were. I mean, we were talking about this because you know, I think my favorite was uh, "No Use Crying Over Spilled Android," and because uh, that was the one I made up. 
and you made um, up a ton. Yeah, and you know, it was just like it, it. I'm sorry, I got stuck on this, and you know what? Like, I was stuck on this before, like the end of the series, like when <laughs> when like it became like a plot device. Would you would you when, like, the, the waterfall of milk came down when they were when she was having sex with the computer virus that impregnated yes. her with the snake. Oh, that's, that was that's when, when it, I that's when I messaged you guys. I was like, <laughs> the, like, the whole milk thing takes a whole new level in episode six. Like, oh my god! And then there's but, that, and like, was that like milk? you can't not talk about it. Was that was was that milk or was that something else? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> These things um, are just it happened just... right as they both came. Oh, so, so, that's true. so speaking of sperm. Uh, can we just talk about how when the little lander was flying into the planet core thing, I was like, hmm, that mm. looks like a sperm entering an egg. Yeah, no, that's that. Oh, my God. So much. Yeah, and I was, yeah, I I was going to talk about like, like there's there. OK, so if we actually talk about the universe that this is made in, the I'll call it the um, Milkiverse. When we talk about the Milkiverse, um, the Milk Wolvaverse, whatever you want to call it. I'm looking at this planet, Kepler 22b, and I'm thinking to myself, like, this was, this is a trap. The whole planet is a trap, right? I mean, I that's... think, I think the planet. Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna take this show seriously for a yes, second, which is yes. very hard to do, um, I think the planet is an example of the Great Filter. I think that there was a there was a civilization that was nearly human at a certain point on this planet that had done great things here and had set up something totally incomprehensible to us now and or even to that to us in 2140 something i think is the year um and and then everything went wrong and that was the point where things went bad and then they started Devolving, we'll throw that out. That doesn't make any sense. But you, you get what I'm saying. They, it, it's, it's an example of the Great Filter. It's an example of civilization re- reaching its peak and then being wiped out by something that could not continue it, continue it any further. Mm. Something being, I assume, giant snake leeches. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I mean, the the concept that I got at the end of the show, which is. Every Ridley Scott property feel I feel like does this. If it's like one of like like Prometheus, like this, like it just kind of like you end up at this point where you're like, what the fuck? Like that was good. Like I feel like I feel like Ridley, you know, like I know he's probably wasn't like super deeply involved as much as Aaron, but like to like look at something and just be like, wow, that looks good. But just wait a second. Somebody <laughs> needs to come into the room and slap Ridley in the face and just be like, no, we're done. We're done. Stop it. You like, know, I I I want to I want to yell at Ridley Scott, and I want to make fun of Ridley Scott so much throughout this. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I hate and for for new listeners. I hate Ridley Scott. I don't think he's <laughs> he's anything good, and I think the good stuff he has are flukes. Um, but I but I think we really got to blame Aaron here. I yes. think we really have to blame Aaron Guzikowski. You know, I just like in in Prometheus, everyone blamed Damon Lindelof, who wrote the script. But mm-hmm. Ridley Scott was in charge. We have Ridley Scott this time as someone who directed some things and was an executive producer. 
But Aaron Guzikowski was in charge. And he was the one who was like, yes, this is a good story. <laughs> and sure, there were many executive producers who were like, yes, this is a good story. Or were like, yes, this would make money. But it was him who came up with the idea, despite whatever kind of Ridley Scott milk influence has happened. <laughs> and it was him who brought us giant snake leeches out of nowhere. So it's him that I'm going to hate this time. Okay. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. I think I was riding on that like really hard, the Ridley Scott thing, just because mm-hmm. of that visual similarity. I'll just call it that. Um, you could you could smell his influence all over the place. Right. You really can. Right. So it's no, f- it's 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 pretty pungent, especially it's with like formidable yeah. scent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, uh, you know, like creator versus creation. I mean, that's huge. And yeah, anything absolutely. that Ridley Scott does. I don't know if that's because he had the influence or because he saw the property and said, okay, I want to do that. I could see that uh, he was attracted to that already being in the right. property. Um, and then a little column A, a little column B, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure that as a, as a result of him being attracted to the property, he had a lot to do with its development in throughout the series as filming and, and editing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, this... I have to assume the script changed throughout the series. I have to assume because there's no way someone presents a 10 episode series season like this and goes, we're going to start with repopulating humanity. We're going to end with firing into the core of the planet and a giant snake baby. Like there's (laughs) there's no way we get there. There's no way when like I, I create I write stories too. Colin writes stories too. Colin, how do you get there? Uh, somebody else comes in with uh, a budget with money and goes, mm, "I see what you're doing here, but I think it'd be really cool if you did this." Exactly. Uh, we don't want to do that. Well, here's my checkbook. Leaving mm. the room. Fine. We'll put in the giant floaty fucking snake. It was. I just gotta say, guys, it was dumb. Okay, <laughs> and and for the listeners. Here's my progression of, you know what? Here is the, the our, our group chat. The last 24 hours where I caught up on this show. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I love this progression. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I said, going to start tonight and have tomorrow off. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Just finished the first episode, and I'd honestly rather skip this shit. Miller says, shit, what do we do if not this? I said, I mean, Bill and Colin can do it, but I'm professional and will do the work. Colin and I have done episodes of blah, 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 blah. All of our episodes are unwatchable. That's true. Uh, I'm going to get through it, but I'm not going to like it. Moving on. Uh, okay. The second episode was better. Just finished, finished episode four, and I'm invested. And then the next thing I say about this is I fucking hate this show. And that was when I finished it. <laughs> and there it is. Literally I, like. <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster. this show. I um the first episode and I, I felt the same exact way that you, you felt. I was like, I watched the first episode and I was like, cool, like cool themes and stuff. But like. I really don't like it and I'm going to mm. move on and let's get on to the next episode. And then I started this next episode. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And then, like you said, 
I, I felt I started to feel like really weird about it when um fucking uh Marcus. Yeah. Marcus, Marcus? Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's more Marcus than he is Caleb. So good. Yeah. All right, good point. Um so we'll go with Marcus. And when the, with what was happening with Marcus, that started to lose me cuz Travis likes to be the tragic king or whatever his deal is. Um and like it just started getting out of hand there. And then out of fucking nowhere, I don't know, this baby thing happened, and then that's where it completely fell off the cliff. Like, it was off the rails at that point, and then it fell off the fucking cliff. And now you've got a snake? And I was like, Mm -hmm. I was so excited to see this goddamn baby, and now it's a snake? What is going on? (laughs) I wanted to see an android baby. And then it's and then it's like okay so this so this so parasites live on this planet attract creatures that they that can be their hosts and that's how they reproduce and I, I yeah, yeah I assume that's it mm-hmm. that's well I mean that's that's how they've survived I mean that's like you said like devolving like they they went from human to Neanderthal like they're they're devolving and then androids they can be silicon based i don't know i i think we need to throw out all of the human neanderthal devolving thing just toss it that, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's so useless to the story that like i hope they toss it in season 2 mm-hmm. i hope they're just like okay this this doesn't or toss the snake one or the other pick one you got to pick one i don't think they could they, they can't toss the snake at this point well, it was, so it was they, they the spent way too much money on effects for that. They they have to keep the snake. <laughs> some, right, some cost fallacy. Um, yeah. but uh, I mean, it was throughout the whole whole series is that you know had you had that gigantic fossilized skeleton or whatever mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing, just kind of like making you wonder where the hell did that come from? Where are these creatures? Are they just ancient dinosaurs? And then, and then parasite happened because Ooh. she had sex with her creator so yeah in a in a virtual reality these things are really advanced to be like oh look they have this really advanced simulation virtual reality technology we can just infect that and give her a baby in the form of what what i don't here's the thing i hope there's something more i do because because like i said in my group in the group chat I, I was invested at a certain point. At a certain point, I was interested in it. And while I still stand that no one is likable, except for Father, bless his soul, um, <laughs> all of them are terrible people. I, I still want, like, legit answers, but I don't think there are any at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I may segue with myself, I did want to talk about the, the, the while this is not a Ridley Scott property the man has made his influence known in giving us some of the worst most unlikable characters in the history of his creation does anyone here like mother the character i I cheered when marcus got her with that axe i was like fuck yeah man and that was when and, and i need to be clear I was not on Marcus's side by the end of it because, you know, that's how Ridley Scott characters go. So, but mother's- when he fucking killed, like, nearly killed her and then spared her because of the whole soul thing, whatever, I was even like, okay, fine, whatever, at that point. But fuck mother. She's a I terrible mother. I wouldn't say it's mother. not about like or not like with her character. Her character by far is the most complex. 
There is a lot to unpack there, probably more than we are qualified to do on this podcast. Um, we say we're qualified. Oh, honey, we are not. But um, I, I don't know. I sat there thinking about that for a long time. I don't like her her character. I will say that. Like, I don't like her as a person. I guess you could say, or she's not a person. Artificial person. With that. Um, I'm clear about that. I don't know, but I. But it, well, she is a person, though. Androids aren't people. Okay, well, we could just declare that, but these androids have shown in every single way that they are people, except they are not biological. I, I don't want to get into this with Ben because I feel like I feel like watching this whole show must have been just torture for Ben because he hates hates humanoid robots. Well, I loved I thought father was great. I oh. thought father did everything he was supposed to do. He was his sole purpose was to ensure the protection of the kids. And he would have done a great job with it if it wasn't for that little piece of shit campion who was the absolute fucking worst child on the planet. Right. Campion ruined their, the, the mother and father's relationship. They were just he fine did. until Campion came along and just ruined, ruined their relationship. Like, <laughs> like some, some kids, like most, in most situations, the kids are like, Oh mommy, daddy, am I the reason you're getting divorced? And the answer is like, no, of course not. But like Campion is the, definitely the reason mom and dad are getting a divorce. Like, <laughs> Wait, I'm Campion sorry. is. I'm gonna go off on awful. a little sidetrack here. This reminds yes, me of this thing I saw of uh, it was what Goldilocks and the three bears. Uh, the bears get home. It's like someone slept in my bed. Someone slept in my bed. Someone slept in my bed. And then the kid just like realizes that his mom and dad are sleeping in different beds. <laughs> then they're basically just like, <laughs> you're probably wondering if it's your fault. And then the dad just goes, and it is. It is. <laughs> Anyways, going back to it again. I just want to say that the mother and father, like he finds out that she's pregnant, but with somebody else's baby and he's just like hurt and angry. And I'm just like, the show didn't need this. Mm. The show it, really didn't need this. It didn't because father was already super likable. And, and that just got me on his side more. I know, but like the whole thing, I was like, okay. Especially like I get because that we want to show that they've just, in, they're modeling human emotions or like displaying human emotions. But it's just like, stop. I agree. And here's the thing. I wouldn't be so adamantly against Mother if the show didn't want me to like her. That's the thing. They want me to like her. They give her the slow motion, sad music scene when she gets fucked up by Marcus. You know? They they give us all of these, like, protagonist scenes that are trying to tell us that she is important and that we need to attach to her. But never once do they present her as a viable character for me to fucking care about. I mean, she is I, a bad mom. I think she is a bad person, if you want to call her that. And she is objectively a terrible android, failing her mission at every turn. To the point that she can't even figure out that fucking carbos are radioactive. Like, how fucking bad are you at your job that you don't test every single piece of food that you give to your children? I don't care that it's a plot device. You wrote it in, you made it part of the character, and you made her awful as a result of it, Aaron. You fucking idiot. 
Okay, Damn. you need to calm Damn. down now. So, All right. no, I, I sorry, I, Overlord. I, I really, I really hated, I really hated that as well. I really hated that those things were winding up like the pit became radioactive after you killed the plant. Like it was so stupid. I was like, these are robots, right? Like right. this is like something that you would do. Like, right. like, oh yeah, my my one my one. My one goal is to feed and nurture and take care of these children. Do you think we should test for radioactivity? Oh, it's fine, dude. Let's just feed them. It's fine. We don't have to test for anything. The why, hilarious why thing is they do it with the fucking pizzas mm-hmm. that Campion finds. Because, you know, he wants to name Acorns fucking pizzas. and Which, whatever, I get it. <laughs> and... So- they, they test those. The reason they test the acorns is because they've at this point realized that the the pips were radioactive in the, uh, what do they call them, carbos? Carbos. In the carbos, they've realized that they are now radioactive, and that's why they are going to test the pizza. The point is, they should have realized that first. Mm-hmm. I think the it's- entire point was, is they weren't prepared to be parents, and they were learning the entire time. That's why there was even allegedly said that the for the original kids were uh, trials or experiments or whatever. That's why they were given so many embryos. I don't know. But that's bullshit because the snake was the one that told the them The entire that. show was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, you know. I wish I had like five or six test kids I could kill. You know, like that'd well, be fine. Ben, like Ben, people uh, still sorry, think Bill, I'm a good mom or dad. Bill, people have been doing it for centuries. That's mm-hmm. why people have so many kids is because some of them are going to die through oh, medical yeah. advances. We don't have to do that anymore. But at least you know, parents could just get better with time if we, you know, let them have a bunch of kids and they accidentally kill a few of them. Well, I mean, infant mortality is high in this country, but let's not get into it. Well, certain um, areas of the country. In fact, Alabama, so, I'm pretty sure, is lower than most third world countries, or higher than most third world countries. I was going to say it's us and whatever, I don't know, whatever country I was going to slander. Um, the I, French. Uh, we, we are, they, we're, already, we're already on the bad list with them anyway. <laughs> yes. yes, French people, stop killing your babies. Please stop. Please stop, guys. Um, it's just not funny anymore. Um, so, uh, <laughs> like, implying that it wasn't. It was funny for a little bit. Like, first, we were like, oh, that's crazy French. Oh, whoa. All right. That's too many now. I mean, sometimes you just can't <laughs> tell people no. You can't tell people no during the French Revolution. That's just the same. You know? <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny anymore. Um, so, uh, what is this? So, so this joint, this this raised by wolves joint, what is? I feel like there might be some. I don't want to say it because it's cliche. I think there might be some subtle religious undertones. Oh, subtle. <laughs> so I will say that these are well. It's way too on the nose. I did somewhat enjoy because you know that's. It's whatever. It's sci-fi at that point, but it's just the atheism versus faith thing. I, I did enjoy that, and I really, really I really love the aesthetic of the uh, what do they call the uh, the Mithraic? The Mithraic. I sure. loved it. They're cool. The whole like They're... white crusader look with the red. 
I was fine with it. I thought it was awesome. It was a cool look. Let me tell you why I hated every second of all that bullshit. <laughs> and why anyone listening to this podcast should hate it, too. Um, mm, I wish Miller was here. Um, <laughs> Miller is the most religious of us all, and this would be an interesting discussion to have. I mean, it's a very low um, bar to begin with, so. Right, well, of course, but he is It's a science religious. fiction podcast. To begin, I have a lot. This is most of what I have to say tonight. Uh, to begin, <clears throat> the argument they make is atheism versus theism. Yes. And in the show, they paint both sides as as bad. They they say, like, you know, yeah, well, the... the Oh God! Why did I Mithraic all were the Mithraic created necromancers? They created all these androids that killed everyone. Oh, but the atheists—they used child sh- soldiers. They—they they blew up towns. And to that, I automatically said bullshit. I said immediately, no, not gonna buy it. I don't care. This was made by someone who is a religious person who is like, well, there's bad sides to both. No. Atheism, the entire point of atheism is that we can have morality without scripture, is that no God dictates morality, human empathy dictates morality. So not in a million years, if atheists were fighting fucking Catholics or Christians or whatever, not in a million years would atheists be enlisting child soldiers that were suicide bombing that shit. That would be the Catholics. That would be the Christians. That would be the zealots who believe that that death is more meaningful than the life that they could have lived. Whereas atheists believe in the life. They believe in, and I'm, and I'm, I, I don't follow any of those fucking stupid atheist Facebook pages or anything like that that like bash Christianity or bash Catholicism because I think those are stupid and um, not not what moves the conversation forward but so is this show the show using those tropes makes it makes the whole conversation stupid it halts any kind of progress and it gives religious people ammo to actually hate atheists because they go oh yeah no it would be like that it would totally like oh yeah our bad our side would be bad but then atheists would also do that and, like, this is a thing that's going to become more and more prevalent in our future as we continue the story of God versus humanity and who we should rely on more. And now more than ever, we as a human human race need to rely on humanity more and less on God. No matter what you believe in, I won't tell you what to believe in, but I will tell you to rely on your fellow human more than praying to your God. And this show does damage to that. And I fucking hate Aaron for it. I fucking hate Ridley for backing it. And I fucking hate every single person in this show for being a part of it. Thank you for joining my TED Talk. You should, <laughs> you should probably just take a break, bud. <laughs> yeah. I, what I wanted to say was, um, especially since I was saying, I was going to hearken to everything that you were just saying, especially since the mouthpiece for atheism is the worst character in the show. I mean, in a lot of ways, like mother, mother is just like the mouthpiece that explains atheism and why atheism is great and why religious religion is bad. So you take mm-hmm. this character, totally unlikable character in a lot of ways that seems like, you know, like, 
like people would say, uh, an egghead, you know, someone that, you know, spouts all these things, but kills five children, you know, like that sort of thing, like no common sense, no nothing. They don't actually mean anything. This is all just written bullshit. So you take that character and you put a, a legitimate stance with it. You are obviously undermining that stance. So it's very obvious, very obviously undermined. Um, one thing that I did notice is that as Marcus, you know, slowly devolves into insanity, um, at the beginning it felt like it felt like the point of it when he first started hearing the voice was that um, an atheist. Let's see, what was he gonna say? An atheist is is you know inherently skeptical. They are a skeptic. They they require some sort of evidence. Mm-hmm. Their their logic is evidence based, and religious is in itself. Um, they in most religions, most religions, I'll say most. Um, they value faith. They value the um, suspension of disbelief. I guess <laughs> they value yeah. the fact that you can believe in something without actual evidence for it, and. Um, so it felt like what happened with Marcus because he was in he was a hard atheist and then he started hearing voice voices which started proving to him it gave him the evidence to become religious but right. like it seems like a very backwards thing to happen because i feel like when you have faith there's still there's got to be i'm not going to say doubt but there is a definite lack of evidence, you know? So there is this belief that they talk about, you know, like, like Paul talked about it. He was so like on it when, you know, um, uh, Mary, I forget her name. When Sue, she, Sue. Sue is her, is the name that she's posing as Mary is her original name. Got it. So Sue, you know, when Sue comes up to her and she's just like, Saul isn't real. Um, and he's just like, you told me he was real. That in itself, that sort of click kind of tells me that like there's doubt in every single religious person's mind you know there's this doubt there's this little bit of there is no evidence sort of thing like you know the like the tooth fairy like santa claus you know they're like oh there is this part of believing in it and so when you give marcus this evidence he goes hard religious you give him one shred of evidence and he starts going hard religious now he's the fucking pope of the group you know like he is the Knights Templar of the group because he heard a voice, mm-hmm. which kind of like very much takes away from the character. I kind of liked where it was going. And then it just kind of like, and then it was like an interesting nuance. And then it just went to shit. And then I completely hated his character, which I think you're supposed to, but at the same yeah. time, it like, it sucks. Um, I really didn't like how it happened. Um, but Speaking of his character, for a while I was trying to figure out why they named his character, what they named him. Um, so, I actually just taught this to my students like two weeks ago. It's really funny. But Marcus Drusus was a Roman um, tribune of the plebs who like championed the, the underdog in a way. He uh, tried to give citizenship to non- Roman Italians uh, tried to make grain like cheaper for all the the people kind of thing. Just an all around good guy, and he was killed by the rich for it, assassinated, like you do in Rome. Um, sure. So, 
I was trying to like, why did they name it? And I realized it doesn't matter because he's not Marcus Drusus. That's just the person that he's inhabiting. So it doesn't fucking matter anyways. But I don't know. Sorry to bring that up. That's a very no, specific no. name. And I, I just I'm no, trying to figure out why they named that. It's got it. Yeah, you're right. There's it's an actual person there. from history. So right. 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 It's got to be there somewhere. Absolutely. It's definitely important. I <clears throat> excuse me. I at certain points can't blame Marcus. I've always considered myself agnostic more than atheist. So like especially I think back to the moment where uh he he takes down the the previous eminence, whatever his name is, mm. uh burning him on the on the on the big cube, which we still have no explanation for. Um and I think back to that moment a lot with that character as I try to kind of reconcile him because Marcus was my favorite character up until his turn. And I'm like, I, I really can't, I don't like him by the end of it. I'm not on his side anymore. But I can't blame him for his path. I think if if I was hearing such specific instructions, such specific commands... I think I would kind of, and getting these like really specific visions where like, you know, you know, I think, I think for the most part, unless, you know, unless I was insane, I think you would know the difference between like you're, you going crazy and you seeing something, you know, the difference being that you seeing something would be like, if you were if seeing something real, getting a real vision, you'd be like, oh, I'm going crazy. But if you were going crazy, you would be like, oh, I'm getting a vision. It's right. kind of like how it goes. And I don't know. He like, I get it. I get it. If God suddenly spoke to me in very specific terms and was like, this is what you got to do. And I did it and it worked out. I get it. Like, I'd be like, fuck, yeah. OK, like I'm in charge now. I'd march myself to the Vatican and be like, what's up, Pope? Get out. Um... And I like I'd be in charge, but the difference is I would then, you know, he was in a great position to make the world a better place. And I don't know what those voices were still. I don't know if they were the parasite snake leeches. I don't know if it was something else that has yet to be discovered, because even now it's talking to Paul now. Mm. And it told, you know, we don't want to give credit to Paul here. We want to give credit to Saul, whatever the voice is, because it told Paul that. Mary is that Sue is Mary and it's not his mother. He he didn't just hatch that, you know, he he had to be told it. And I assume he did because he said Saul. I'm pretty sure he says Saul tells him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's tough for me to blame anyone for hearing that evidence. Uh, Acting how you act upon it from then on. Like, I get it. And like, I also can't, you know, it's difficult to say how how you would react. It'd be. Of you know, it could be a fairly violent reaction to, you know, have your entire life flipped up, flipped upside down. Like it's uh, it's I, I could imagine be difficult, and I do hope. I'm glad Marcus didn't die by the end of this. It means they have more for him, mm. but uh, it's I I I hope the more is kind of on a more repar- reparative path than. Uh, continuing further down the rabbit hole of insanity, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's exactly the sort of path that I want to 
just because I like the actor a lot. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I would say that that's kind of like where I would want to go with it, and and like like you were saying that like, given evidence, like yeah, of course, of course, but like you know, being the born skeptic, and I think Ridley Scott is atheist actually, isn't he? Didn't he make Exodus, Gods and Kings, a story straight from the Bible? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's debatable. You know, you may. You didn't may he make? God. Oh no, I'm thinking. Didn't was it Ridley Scott or was it Darren Aronofsky who did Noah? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm all um, up. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, in 2013, um, Ridley Scott stated that he is an atheist. Okay, so hey, yeah, yo. I mean. I mean, it's coming from from that position as well, like being an atheist and like and having these themes in there as well, as well as having a religious theme. And like, it's almost like humans just suck, you know, like in a lot of ways. But it feels like if I if I looked at it, I mean, definitely in my mind, the atheists are obviously the reasonable ones, you know, sure. like like I stand here and I look and I'm like, yeah, they're the realistic ones. They're the ones that are actually, you know thinking things through in an ethical and like humane way. They're not thinking about like, you know, like, like at the beginning, the first, um, uh, I should really know his character name. I'm sorry. The first eminence. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not mm-hmm. sure who that is either. Okay. But that one guy. Yeah. The one guy with the thing. Um, yes. Yeah, so anyway. So when, uh, the Mithraic, uh, the patriarch, um, sort of, uh, you know, tells like oh yeah take half of your men and go um you know distract them while we run away and you know that sort of thing like a religious leader that is you know lost faith a religious leader that's using his power for personal gain you know it becomes a power structure rather than a faith system you know it's Mm -hmm. rather than a um, point of spirituality so less spirituality more more systematic and so i feel like there it topples into that sort of thing i uh Sorry to pull this back again, but uh, I, I stand corrected. Ridley Scott is um, said in 2013 that he's an atheist, and then 2014 he said, "I don't know." I was about to say. So he's like, a, he's as a, an atheist, agnostic, if that's the way we're gonna phrase it. As an as an atheist, to allow like this narrative to mm-hmm. continue along, like uh, you. you you know, as an agnostic, I get I get why he he let this continue with his money behind it. But as an atheist, to to look at this story and be like, oh, atheists use child child soldiers to bomb people escaping from the planet. Like, what? What? Like this is this is made by someone who is one hundred percent, you know, a, a Christian or a Catholic person, and uh, think like that's their perspective, or at least you know at least agnostic leaning toward Christianity, leaning towards Catholicism or, or any of the other religions. There are many more than just those two. Um, and, and who like look at atheism and be like, well, yeah, they have a point, but they lack morality. At the end of the day, I don't think this is pro faith. It's not. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, this is going to pan out to be a pretty heavy sci-fi god is not real it's just going to be like a a powerful alien mind that is actually doing all this or something we're going to find out next season because we're going to have to cover it but 
I, I, I think they were like pushing these narratives throughout, but I think they're just trying to mislead you, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm, yeah. I just wanted to say, I don't, I'm not saying like it's also pro Christianity or post. I, I, you know, I said earlier that like it definitely paints both sides as bad, but I think in the real world, that's objectively false. I think in the real world, should a conflict ever come about between atheists and theists, um, it'd be very clear who the good guy is. And it'd be very easy to pick a side if you are a good moral person. Mm-hmm. Because uh, one person uh, doesn't tolerate molestation of children, and another organization does. So... Mm. Yep. I mean, good good and bad on both sides. But... Um, no. <laughs> Joke, joking, joking. Um, but yeah, anyway, better call Saul. Um, <laughs> sorry, that popped into my head. Um, wish we could, wish we could cover that. That's yeah. a great sci-fi show. Yeah. Um, I think I think one of the one of the biggest points that this show is trying to make is that um, is that is is really stupid to be totally honest. I I think that to have the, you know, the dichotomy of religious versus anti-religious is stupid in itself. I think that that is not a I feel like that is not a battle that would happen. I feel like there's not enough fundamental problems, you know, like I feel like maybe there is a, you know, an overarching way too powerful religious system that's set up. Mm-hmm on earth, you know, originally. And then there is a dissenting group. And I feel like that doesn't necessarily have to say that we're anti-religious or I I would say atheist, though in some ways it's anti-theist in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, But like, you know, to say like, oh yeah, absolutely. No, you know, no faith at all. Yada, yada, yada. Instead of just being like, I have no faith myself to be anti-theist is different. Um, but I feel like that dichotomy is something that exists in human nature. But to have an entire war about it is dumb. And I feel like the basis that they tried having, which was like androids raising children. I mean, I, I don't know. Was there more to this story that I didn't pick up from this series of the cause of this war? Other than you believe in that, that's dumb. And you're trying to enslave my people. I like that's an insurrection because of slavery or like an insurrection because of class warfare. But to say like you have religious beliefs and I don't and there has to be some sort of power struggle in the middle. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I get that. That actually leads me to my last big gripe of this series is like the Mithraics, this religious organization has grown so powerful that they incite a world war within 150 years. Mm, yeah. Even Christianity's not that not that powerful, and they haven't been around that. They've been around way longer than that. Like, you know, who was the who was the spokesman for these people? Trump. Like, I don't get it. And I think it's it really comes down to a childish understanding of theism versus atheism, or as you say, Bill, anti-theism, which I like a lot, because I think when it comes down to it, theism really regards to um, the uh, religious organizations in control. 
in 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 a governmental sense, which I think nine out of ten reasonable people could could agree that that is not okay. And so we would never let it get that far, even still. Like they would need a lot of money, a lot of power, and a lot of control within countries' militaries. And for that to have reached the point of, I, I assume, is are the Mithraics supposed to be Scientology, maybe? I don't know. I uh, don't. Because they create androids. I don't think so. I don't know. If it, Aaron, if it's supposed to be Scientology, reach out to us and we'll reconsider our scathing review of your shitty show. Wait, let me let me um let me rip apart one of his tweets, and then he'll definitely see us. <laughs> I'll tag him. <laughs> well, the Mithraics are anti-science. I mean, they they, they have, are not anti-science. They, they have spaceships, and the thing is, is just realizing that you know, like creating robots, the robots don't have souls. Like that's their big thing. Doesn't mean they can't create right. Them. But the also, also the other thing to remember is what that one medical robot's one that one medical I think it is a robot actually not an android the robot had said to mother which was um, when it comes to the creation of necromancers the propaganda is that the, no one knows how they were created they were they were given by soul's blessing mm. so while they aren't anti science they definitely aren't willing to reveal their secrets mm -hmm. which makes them more of a of a government than a theistic organization and uh so i think we need to need uh, i heard a lot of british accents <laughs> i think we need to look at britain coming after you coming to get coming you for you next watch out margaret thatcher we're coming we got more necromancer oh look at that necromancer he's gonna he's blow me up Oh, she she's gonna blow me up. It's a lady. I I sense the end here. So a few final thoughts. And then that's when I disintegrate into eyeballs. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Someone needs to tell them that the T pose is used by high schoolers as a joke and is not intimidating or scary whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Tempest is the main girl, and I fucking love her. She is awesome, and I'm glad she got to kill that stupid son of a bitch. Because mm -hmm. she's great. And uh, father should get custody of all the children and kick mother to the curb with her big giant snake baby. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. Dad's rights. Dad's rights. Dad's rights. Dad's rights. <laughs> Welcome to sci-fi dad's rights. <laughs> Oh, and Campion needs to just get whipped. He needs to get the belt. It's time to bring back corporeal punishment. Corpor corporal punishment. Corporeal <laughs> material plane punishment. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't have any final thoughts for the show, guys. Honestly. I, I, also, I also appreciated that despite all of the parenting wrongs we saw throughout it, there was one common theme among parents that made sense to me, which was the desire to leave their children as survivors rather than coddle them. 
Mm. I thought that was a, that was a theme that was explored early on that I I really enjoyed and latched onto, mm. and then kind of abandoned when they got into the snakes um, and shit. I will say, I guess uh, one thing that I did appreciate that they were trying to trying to come to is that you don't have to to be a good mother. Like, I guess it's not about like the child actually coming from you. Doesn't matter how you got the child; you can still be a good parent to it. Um, of course, I, I just I thought that was a pretty good thing they touched upon, even though Paul totally fucking killed his mom. No, I think she's still oh, well, alive. We Paul saw totally her still shot alive his mom. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like she can get over it because she also lied to him about being his mom for a long time. For sure. So, like, like I feel like you know. We could let bygones be bygones in that situation. No, Paul's definitely going to become a uh, a bad, bad kid in season two. Going to be a bad boy. He's going to get a leather jacket. Yeah. With some uh, some some studs on the shoulders. He's going to stay out past curfew. Ooh, he's going to get brought home by the by the Neanderthal police. He's going to grow his he's going to grow the, his bangs out, and they're just going to like kind of sit in front of his face a little bit. I, this just reminds me. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like, and I please don't get jumped on my throat, Ben. But it reminds me of uh, the way you guys were rambling on was the uh, Rick and Morty, um, um, like improvised trailers that they did, where it's like, and it's and it's two bad guys, and there's an explosion, and this is a bad kid, and it's gonna be, and Cambian's gonna fall down a hole. <laughs> Raised by wolves. Paul comes home drunk on milk blood, and he's just like, "Have you been drinking milk blood? Yeah, what of it? What the fuck are you gonna do? What's Dad gonna do? He's not here. He's not here anymore. <clears throat> it's good. Some it's two percent. I also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm coming back to the milk blood. But no, Colin, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Do you need do you need to talk was, about the milk blood? Because I was about yes, to say uh, good okay. sci-fi, bad sci-fi. Yep, so yeah, talk no, about your milk blood first. Yeah, yeah, no, put the brakes on that. I got some shit to pull out. So <laughs> okay, so literally, literally, an alien they sweat the milk, and then in this, when they're going through like the middle of the planet, they're sweating the milk. What is wrong with you, Ridley Scott? What is wrong with you? Why do you do this? What do you do? Mm. Mm. Yummy, yummy. Oh no. No, Ridley, no. No, mm. really, put the milk down. Give me the milk. No, How about that? Put the mm. put milk. Uh, oh, 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 milk waterfalls. Milk waterfalls. Give it that. No. And when yeah, they actually go back and milk. watch like Alien, like there's just so much fucking milk. There's just so much oh. milk. I wonder what the milk budget was on this show. I <laughs> At least 10 gallons. At least. At least. I, hear, I hear someone who's laughing in the background. Emily, Emily, Emily just laughed because I've been talking about milk blood all day. <laughs> and like, literally, I've been like talking with, about it in front of my children. Um, <laughs> but like, no, but like. Like Noah's gonna go to school when the pandemic's over. He's gonna be like, mm, "Daddy likes milk." Daddy blood. likes milk blood. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Okay, but at the milk end, blood? like, at the last episode, <laughs> let's talk about season season one, episode ten of Raised by Wolves. When she like oh, opens God. her mouth and the snake is about to come no! out. 
I'm just thinking and she of you, Bill. A mouthful of milk blood and spits it out. I was like, this is straight out of a fetish site. This is what I see, Ridley. You literally took a scene out of a fetish milk porn, milk fetish porn, and you put it in your goddamn show. Shame on you. Shame oh, on you, Mr. S- Mr. Scott. You, you piece of work. And this is just upsetting me. Uh, I'm, oh, and I'm looking. Oh, Bill. Bill, you don't like my milk blood. Were you just looking up his nationality like- so that you got the accent yeah. right? Is that what you fucking did? I know, I see you. I see you, Ben. You don't like my milk blood, bro. Oh, I got. Oh, I got. Oh, you want to drink some milk? I'm going to spit this milk in your mouth, Gov, and you're oh. going to like it. This is check. Welcome to my, welcome my home, Governor. I uh, would like some milk. Let's mo- no, why would I drink milk? <laughs> Adults don't drink why milk. You? Adults why don't you? drink milk, Ridley. Adults don't oh, drink this? milk. Yeah, right, take oh, it or leave it. You want some milk? milk? I got milk for, you know, two pounds per gallon. You want that? What? Hey, oi, watch the heavy cream on the way out. Well, look, oh, look, I'll make it real simple for you. Yeah, I'm going to put it in my mouth. I'm going to swish it around a little bit. And then I'm going to blow it all in your face. All in your face. And it- one day, one day I want to be able to write a script that makes me important enough to go to a lunch with Ridley Scott just so I can see if he orders milk with lunch. Because <laughs> if he does, I'm getting up and uh, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm like, Ridley, this is enough. We're good. Uh, I, so I have yeah, everything I, I, I like, need. I like a Reuben on marbled rye. Okay, Ridley. Okay, I see where this is going. I like it. And I like Sound a glass about, of uh, a glass of room temperature milk. <laughs> oh. I you fucking see, like, you see you see you see Ridley Scott's childhood friend that's been feeding off of his his fame his entire life, just putting his hand in his his face in his, his hands and just being like, I'm going to fucking end myself if I have to sit next to this man dribbling milk all over his chest. He laps it up like a cat. In the middle of a restaurant right here. Like, and I'm like, Ridley, you gotta stop, dude. Like, milk is not the future. You're trying to make milk the future, and it's not the future. Where so it turns out it turns out he's a lot of stocks in the dairy farms. In the dairy industry, specifically dairy technology, and I don't mean like technology for gathering dairy. I mean technology made of dairy. I mean making dairy blood. A niche, a niche market it's for sure. Very niche, very niche, and like especially the uh, you know the whatever it is, pasta and and grids and and whatever androids are made of, apparently milk. So yeah, all right. That's all I got on this show. All right. I think we well, up. I think at this point, I'm going to need a real quick, I'm going to need a real quick good sci-fi, bad sci-fi out of you boys. going to start with Ben. Bad sci-fi. Uh, it's it's has a lot of potential, especially towards the middle part of it. But at the end of the day, it's a juvenile take on the man of science, man of faith debate. And uh, it, it's demonstrative of someone who has watched a lot of sci-fi but hasn't thought about a lot of sci-fi. Uh, I hope Aaron continues because I think he he could do something good when he gets a little older. But as of now, all he has for himself is Ridley Scott money. And that's not going to get him further than uh, the raspberries of sci-fi cross-sections. I will watch season two, um, but I am not excited for it. 
I hope it surprises me. But as of now, we're leaving it at bad sci-fi, bad show. All right. Thank you, Ben. Bill. All right. I'm just going to say that it is in my mind, and I understand where you're coming from, Ben. I believe that it's okay sci-fi, approaching good. It has potential in there. It has potential in there. Very dissatisfying. Coming to the end is very dissatisfying. I feel like there were some gems in the middle that could have, or some seeds in the middle that could have grown into something, and then they were killed. And like, I feel like season two might be able to redeem it, but mm, I really honestly don't see it. So I'm going to say okay, because it makes me think a little bit more than, you know, reanimator. So, um, so I, uh, I think that that's the case with this and it's very interesting philosophical religious talk. Um, but like I said, it's okay. Sci-fi could have been good, but it's just okay. All right. Just okay. Uh, Ben, I, and Bill, I, I think you're both right. This did have potential. This did have promise. Uh, there were some themes they were exploring that I, I approved of. I thought it could have been executed a lot better. And then there was a lot of this where I was like, but why? <laughs> but gay. Tell me what is wrong with, you know, um, overall, I will give it a second chance with the second season. Maybe they can. Maybe this was just a really, really, really rough exposition bit. And they're going to tell the good story in season two. Who the fuck knows? Um, we'll find out. But I'm going to say it was eh, sci-fi. That's all I'm going to say. Um, thank you all for listening. This was our take on Raised by Wolves. And as Miller says, Ben. Adios. No, the, the real wolves were the ones we raised along oh. the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's which it. Which thing? The real wolves were the ones we raised along the thank way. Thank you, Miller. Make that fit better. Um. All right, folks, there you have it. Until next time. Not a lot of people know this, but a man's blood content can be replaced by 10 gallons of blood, 10 gallons of milk. Not a lot of people know that.